Welcome to the Equiline podcast. We're here to discuss ways and means to make your horses and your dogs move better. And we're doing that by bringing you outstanding guests with expertise in all areas in the equine and canine field. Together, I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. And with our son, Dr. Dustin Corin, who is a veterinarian, we strive to stay up to date and combine what works from the past with what we're moving towards in the future. And to that end, today's guest is one of my favorite brilliant humans who happens to be a veterinarian. Dr. Julie Busby. She graduated from Kansas State University uh, College of Veterinary Medicine in 1997 and began her career caring for cats, dogs, and horses. To augment her education, she continued with her Western training. She earned her certificate from the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association in 1998 and the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society in 2002. She started her practice in 2000. Uh, she opened her own veterinary hospital for, to continue her passion of integrated veterinary medicine into practice. After selling her practice in 2008, she moved her family to Beaufort, South Carolina, where she continues to practice part-time. As an integrated veterinarian, Julie seeks to integrate the best of Western medicine, alternative therapies, and creative tools for maximum wellness in her patients. She is also proud to serve on the advisory board of the Gray Muzzle Organization. Julie's experience at first sight when she saw toe grips prototypes on one of her patients. Shortly thereafter, Dr. Busby's toe grips launched in 2013. With the support of clients, colleagues, and friends, in 2019, the company evolved into Dr. Busby's, a brand focused on educating and empowering people who care about the best care possible for their dogs. As an accidental entrepreneur, Julie has developed a passion for branding, marketing, and encouraging other entrepreneurs. She has spoken at Bark World Expo, the Southeast Veterinary Conference, Veterinary Information Network, Rounds, Blog Pause, PodFest Multimedia Expo, and the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association's Annual Conference. And when we're through with this interview, we're going to give you lots of ways to be able to reach and learn from Dr. Busby because I had the amazing opportunity to both learn with her at the American Chiropractic Association and Veterinary Conference. And there's so much more information than you'll be able to get from her than we'll be able to include in this short podcast. So stay tuned when we're done so that you can have access to reach her in many, many ways. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm embarrassed that we've done so much talking about me. You guys are such amazing role models and innovators in the field that I'm just really honored to be on your on your podcast. Thank you. We're excited to have you as well. Uh, we've seen a lot of about your products. We really love what you're doing and people should be really excited about this. Uh, tell me, why are toe grips a better solution than boots or socks? That's a really fair question because for years, boots and socks were the only option. So your dog's slipping around on the hardwood floors and 
probably, you know, half a century ago, people had wall-to-wall -wall carpet. So this was not even something on the table to discuss. But now everybody has their fancy hard surface floors and dogs were not designed to live on those surfaces. So dogs are slipping around and people naturally tried to make them into humans by putting boots and socks on them as the solution. But they're quadrupeds, you know, like horses. They move differently, they get up differently, everything's different. And so what I love about toe grips, which are just very simple, uh, made from a custom engineered natural rubber material, they're just little rings, they're dog nail grips. They sit on the distal, the, the lower portion of the nail, and allow those nails to grab the floor because outside dogs use their nails for traction like soccer cleats. So the dog doesn't slip running around in dirt or grass. They engage the nails and the nails act like soccer cleats and give them grip. So toe grips just allow them to grip now in that same natural biomechanical way on the floor. And why I like them more than boots and socks is because boots and socks really disable a dog's natural proprioceptive mechanism, their natural gripping mechanism. Granted, I do use them for certain things, like if I'm trying to protect paws from ice or an injury or a hot pavement. I mean, those are appropriate uses. But for traction, I really love just very simply, with minimum like, obtrusiveness, if you will, enabling that dog's natural mechanism. I had the opportunity to notice what you're talking about, putting socks on the dog, thinking I was helping it. It even had little uh, rubber things that like baby socks did. And we affectionately call it four paws, four directions. It ran in the house and instead of the gripping better, it kind of went in all different directions and it, and it did cause issue. And then I saw your toe grips on a dog that didn't know where its hind legs were. And all of a sudden, I saw it walking it literally in minutes very differently. And, and why does that happen? Well, I think there's just a very simple traction help, which not only physically improves the dog, but there's also this psychologic confidence boost that they get. And one of the most heartbreaking things early on in founding this company and getting this product to market was talking to a colleague who's a brilliant veterinarian. I love her, I've known her for years, I trust her, she is great. And I said to her, I'm so excited about this little idea because it really helps dogs' confidence. And she said, why do I care about my patient's confidence? And I was like, crushed because, I mean, it sounds maybe anthropomorphic to care about a dog's confidence, but I don't think it is. When you look at a dog and you look at their ear set and their facial expression and their top line and their, their whole posture and gait, you can tell a difference between a confident animal and an animal who's fearful. And so toe grips not only affect the dog physically with traction, but also there's this emotional confidence factor that's just so cool to see sort of instantly unfold. And the other thing is, we mentioned the word a little bit uh, ago, but proprioception. So this is a funny story. Very early on, I got a call from a rehab hospital in Massachusetts. And I, I, it's so funny because we're still in touch with this, this hospital. They're, they were one of our early adopters and I've loved watching them use toe grips and, and give me feedback. And so they called up and said, all right, we're gonna try your product and we're gonna try it on the owner of the hospital's dog. And the dog's uh, neurologic and has deformed toenails. And I'm thinking like, oh great, no, no pressure. So you're going to judge, you're going to judge the product on the owner's dog who's neurologic and has deformed toenails. We'll see how it goes. 
So I didn't, you know, I sent him a pack and didn't think anything of it. And three weeks later, they called back and said, toe grips have helped Norman on any surface. It doesn't just have to be a slippery one. <coughs> Excuse me. So I was so excited because toe grips provide proprioceptive stimulus as well. Some water, yes, and all of us should have some water. It's the best way to enjoy learning experiences is while hydrating, no doubt. I know when we put socks on our dog, it completely changed the dog's gait. They started walking, they were march, almost march, like a march. They were picking their legs up really, or feet really high off of the ground. So it has to change their gait, which can change everything biomechanically. Absolutely, I mean, all the compensatory issues from that, and they do get used to boots, you know, like a horse in shipping boots that does that odd gait, but then they get used to it. But still, it is not enabling, boots and socks don't enable the natural mechanism. Like I said, they more disable it and try to say, okay, if this was a person, how would we give them traction? And, and that's not. Dogs use their nails for traction and toe grips enable that natural mechanism. Love that. And, and just to get back to what you said about confidence, because I'm still a little in shock about anyone not thinking that a confident dog is a safer dog. I mean, to me, I'm working on dogs every day and adjusting them at all, a confident dog is going to allow me to touch them. A fearful dog is more likely to be dangerous both for me as a, as a professional and for someone, a stranger approaching. So I would think confidence, anything you can do to make that dog more confident is a bonus. And this is, you know, double bonus because it's making it more confident and structurally more sound. Right. And typically, I mean, to, to develop an animal's confidence or any behavioral issue generally takes a long time and a lot of patience. And the cool thing about toe grips is we see this, this instant change. I mean, you can actually watch it before your very eyes. And we have a lot of before and after videos on our YouTube. And you can just see like these instant transformations. And it's so much fun for me to just be a part of that. I'm very blessed. Absolutely. So what kind of dogs do, do you use these toe grips on them? So they were originally just designed for senior dogs. I saw so, I do mostly chiropractic and acupuncture in my practice and just saw so many older dogs that were struggling. And so that was my vision. And it was really from the feedback of so many people in the um, profession of veterinary rehabilitation, giving me feedback that I'm like, wow, I didn't think about that. And Norman was one of them, helping these neurologic dogs with proprioceptive stimulus. So we do use them for neuro cases now. Um, definitely any sort of arthritis, hip dysplasia, um, dogs in wheelchairs. So a dog in wheelchair on a slippery floor still has to have the ability to pull themselves forward with the front paws if the hind end is in a wheelchair. So we have users um, who are in that category. And it's really... Um, always amazing to me the testimonials that we get to hear how people are successfully using toe grip. So I'm kind of always learning. And we offer a money back guarantee because if someone feels like, hey, this makes sense to me and I feel like this could help my dog, I want them to try it. Because if it doesn't, I'll give them their money back. But if it does, it can really change a dog's life. That's so awesome. And that, that sort of brought me to the thought is I find often with my patients, when I give them something to do, Talk about fear and lack of confidence. There's a barrier to them attempting to do something new. They're afraid they're gonna hurt their dog while they're doing it, or they're afraid it's too complicated for them to do it. How simple or how difficult is this? 
So I'm again, this is one of those places where it's working with the public. And as you know, as veterinarians, chiropractors, we recognize that we've got this full spectrum of people who are like, yeah, no problem. I have no problem working with my animal's body and specifically here, the nails and paws to just someone who's very tentative about that. So for the person who's like that, and I think this is mostly the kind of customer and client that I attract, that's proactive, like DIY dog mom, they'll be fine. Toe grips, there's a little learning curve to putting them on. You have to kind of work them up the nail, but it's very intuitive. Um, for people who aren't comfortable handling their, their dog's paws, they, they will have more trouble, especially if the dog is uncooperative. But it's certainly something that people all over the world have done successfully. And I think where there's a will, there's a way. And um, we have a lot of good tutorial videos to help people um, understand how to do it. Yes, I, I watched one and I thought, oh, I could do that because I was <laughs> one of those people where I'm really comfortable with their spine, but when you get down to those toes and the idea of doing that, it's like someone else can clip their nails <laughs> until I watched your video. And, and I'm like, I can so do this. I, I, oh. so I'm an open skeptic, you know. Excellent, um, okay. So, you know, um, that's where I was. So I was, I was curious as to whether more people put them on themselves or more people had their veterinarian or their uh, groomer do it. We sell wholesale to vets. So that's certainly an option, but the vast majority of people put them on themselves. Oh, okay. So I know with the, with the socks, the dogs sometimes have a tendency to rip those socks right off. The toe grips, what about the toe grips? Is there a problem with the dogs chewing them off or so that is our number one question. I was just at a conference, actually, Wendy and I met up there. It was great in Florida. It was a veterinary, a huge veterinary conference, 15,000 people there. So now we're talking about specifically veterinarians. And I'm telling you, I think nine out of 10 of them walked up to, to our table. And the first thing they said is, now not the ones who were familiar with us, but people who had never heard of us said, wouldn't a dog chew these right off? That is just the most common question. But it's an, it's an erroneous um, way of thinking. And I can say that because now I've been using the product and marketing it for seven years. So I have a lot of data. But also, if we think about where they're sitting, they sit on the distal nail tip, which is poorly innervated. The quick doesn't even go that far down. And if it does, based on the length and shape of the nail, it's hidden and encased inside of this keratinous nail that's hard, obviously. So it's not like the nerve, which is the sensor in the body, the, the nerve endings, are in any way, shape, or form really being disturbed by the toe grip versus boots, socks, things that you glue on the paw pads. Paw pads and skin are obviously sensitive tissue that have a lot of nerve endings. And so the dogs really don't even seem to notice them. I would say dogs that have more of an OCD type personality, you know, like to get themselves into trouble, might chew on them. And so... I would say statistically in our data over these seven years, less than 2% of dogs will bother with them. Wonderful. Wow. How long do they last? That varies by the dog. So um, we tend to think like, oh, well, if the dog's walking on a hard surface versus you know, inside versus outside taking walks every day on the pavement, they're not gonna last as long. And there is some truth to that. However, the number one factor really that determines uh, longevity is the dog's gait. So a dog that's basically sound gated, um, I have a 15-year-old golden retriever patient who's shockingly sound. 
but the dog slips down the hardwood um, stairs. And so she wears toe grips. She can wear them for months. I'm always stunned when I see them because it can be four plus months, which is shocking to me. My first dog that I ever personally put toe grips on in the process of developing the product and doing my R&D was a dog that had had a knee surgery called the TPLO for a torn cruciate ligament. And the dog, for, the, the dog had, this was a few years prior, the dog had not healed properly. It had been a disaster. The owner didn't want to redo surgery. And so every time the dog stepped, she would just twist and grind her paw. There was just so much torque. And I had known that I had worked on this dog for two years, every three weeks. Her, her name was appropriately Hope. So every three weeks, I was doing chiropractic, acupuncture. She was on a host of Chinese herbs, supplements, Western medications. And we were doing the best we, we could, which was really great. Because the day that I met Kim, the owner of Hope, she literally walked into my office and just started crying because she thought, you know, is it time? And so after two years, we were doing pretty well. But I couldn't change the biomechanical issue of this dog stepping and, and grinding her paw and twerking her, her stifle, her knee. Well, she was the first dog that came for the, the beta testing phase, and she hobbled down my driveway, flopped over, such a good, sweet old girl. She was like a, a bigger dog, a golden retriever, uh, shepherd mix. We put the toe grips on, she got up, and she walked off like 80% better instantly. Wow. And we're all standing there with our mouth dropped open. Oh, and I think, I think every time she would step, and there would be any sort of a slip, and probably even if it wasn't slipping, she had developed this ability to, this compensatory protective mechanism. It would just translate the torque right up into her unstable stifle, and which was full of arthritis at this point, and it hurt so badly. So she just really didn't want to put weight on it. But when she figured out that she could step and be very stable, very quickly she did put weight on it, which was also amazing for the other leg, which was taking all the brunt of the weight and, and gait. And so that was sparing for her other leg. But I say all that to say she was really hard on her toe grip. She used them like a crutch and we only got a month out of them, maybe five weeks. So the range is a month for dogs who have really significant disability. Although those are the dogs who are seemingly most helped to probably three ish months. And we'd say maybe eight to 10 weeks is the average. That's quite a long time, and and um, I know when people have asked me about it, they're thinking they're doing this every week. So that's going to make a lot of my patients very, very happy because the amount of, of people I know, uh, both in the tiny dog with the with the um, knee issues, stifle issues, TPLOs, luxatus patellas, and the labs who basically throw themselves out windows and and whatever traumatic causes, whether there's genetic predisposition or not, those are the typical patients that I see in the canine world where post-surgically, they're not normal. You know, they're not normal post-rehab, post um, sometimes because that's a, a compliance issue. But sometimes I think it is proprioceptive. If you've changed unsurgically, you've changed awareness. And if this can restore awareness, you know, that's, that's the kindest thing you can do for that animal. Right. Not to mention protect the owner's investment if they did go the surgical route and they have, you know, hundreds to thousands of dollars invested to protect the dog and keep them safe from slip and fall injury and recovery. 
these toe grips are a great product and they come in a multitude of colors too. So <laughs> if you like to rainbow your dog, this is the perfect choice. We, we love it. It's a great product. I, I want to segue a little bit. We're running out of time. I want to segue a little bit because one of the things that we're running into and hearing a lot about, and you're, it's popping up on the internet, oh, cats are getting COVID and people are starting to worry about their animals getting this COVID virus and people are dumping their animals at the shelter all of a sudden because they're afraid of COVID. What's your response on this COVID-19 for these animals? I'm so glad you asked. I just finished today a series of five blogs on my website on COVID-19 and how it's affecting our pets. And the first thing I need to say is just kind of this disclaimer that it's really too early, I think, to know with certainty the answers to these questions. However, at this point, we have no reason to believe that pets transmit this disease to us. Um, we do think that in a few cases, humans transmitted the disease to their pets. We have no evidence that it's ever gone the other way. And even in those few cases, there's been over a million COVID cases worldwide, and we have like a handful of cases where it went from a person to an animal. So we're talking about this very much statistical outlier scenario. You probably have the same chance of getting struck by lightning as, you know, getting we're giving COVID. Florida. We have a much greater chance of getting struck by lightning. <laughs> I just want to know how they got tested. <laughs> so now, so early on, one of the vet schools, I think it was University of Illinois, opened a lab um, and we're, they were doing samples. But now we have Antec who's offering I think they were testing animals even before this really blew up, but now we actually, as a vet, I could submit a sample and get that done, which is very exciting um, on an animal. And it's part of, in, in cats, they have this respiratory profile that tests for a lot of different respiratory diseases, and COVID is one of them, and you can test dogs as well. However, it's not something we're doing commonly as veterinarians. It's, um, like I said, it's just not really on the radar for us. I hesitate to say kind of the word yet because I think we're going to need years to really get the data on all this, but by no means should people be dumping off their pets. Um, we have every indicator from all the national science organizations right now, the CDC, the WHO, the World Health Organization to say this is not a realistic factor to be concerned about. That's, so that's to encouraging to hear. Uh, we know people like to panic. Sometimes with good reason and sometimes for, for no reason at all. And I love that they can go to toadgrips.com and they can go to your blog and they can actually get up-to-date research by people who are in the field and have opinions not based on what they um, read this morning, but actually from science and, and learning. And so I, I respect and, and appreciate that so much. I, I have another toe grips question so that we can, you know, because I got asked this just the other day, is do you typically put on all four legs or would you typically do just hind, just front, depending upon that dog, for, especially for the do it at home? So for the average dog that needs stability, needs that confidence, needs that traction, all four for sure. The time when I do just the hind legs is what we spoke about. So a dog that doesn't necessarily have traction issues normally, but they have a cruciate issue. So a hind end, um, specifically a knee issue. And in that case, if the dog's really doing fine otherwise, I will just do the hind 
um, pause, but I never just do one. I want that right to left symmetry. So I would do both hind paws. That, that makes sense to me. And, and it's sort of my taping theory. You know, I try never to do one side because the brain would like the same information to come in from both sides. And, and I, I know I've seen the videos that had both behind and, and all four. And so I was just curious for, as we know, lots of people are about to, uh, order and, and rainbow out their dogs and um, they can't go to the nail salon right now. So this is an opportunity to, you know, get their inner uh, salon going. Uh, and is there any contraindication to it at all? The contraindication is actually just for the human, not the dog. So, um, <laughs> We talked about the fact that they could be out a long time and dogs can't speak for themselves. So you can't just set it and forget it. That would be a mistake. Um, if the over the course of where a tugger would start to migrate up to the nail bed, that could be a problem because skin cannot tolerate long term pressure. The tip of the nail absolutely can no problems there. But on skin or if it were, you know, rubbing something that would be a problem. So we definitely encourage people to just do a very quick, um, and that's part of the reason why they're colored and not neutral blend in, a very quick visual inspection of the toe grips, make sure they're all in place. That's the only contraindication. If you, if you wanna, if you wanna just the quick and easy way out where you're not ever gonna think about the toe grips again, please do not use them. Um, they're, like I said, very intuitive and I think extremely simple, but, they do need to be monitored, just that's the responsible thing to do. And I assume they come in different sizes? Yes, and so um, I, hate to, <laughs> I hate to be Debbie Downer here, but the size correlates to the color, so you can't actually pick your color. Uh, there's, seven, <laughs> there's seven sizes and they're color coordinated. Well, that's why we have lots of dogs. That's, that's, so we can have the purple dog and the yellow dog, and you know, and so this will just encourage more people to rescue more animals. Yes. So they can use the color that they choose. It's like it's like riding. Someone says, "I love my saddle." I say, "Take your saddle shopping, find a horse that fits under it. Don't torture your horse." So they can find the color toe grip they like. We are so thrilled to have you today. I look forward to having you back again because yes, there's definitely. many, many things I want to talk about. Uh, do you have a preferred place that people find you to learn more information? Your website versus Instagram versus where, where is it best for people to find you? We are on all the social channels. We're on Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. But I would love people just to go to our website, toegrips.com, T-O-E-G-R-I-P-S.com, because not only can they learn about toe grips, but right in the navigation bar is Dr. Busby's blog. And I'm really, this is put together by a team of veterinarians. There's a lot of bad information out there in the world today, but I'm really proud that we're working hard to put out good vetted information for, uh, for pet owners to, to stay up to date and, and to best care for their dog. Well, puns are always appreciated, um, intended or otherwise. And I know how much you care for humans, for horses, for dogs, or more dogs these days, and definitely humans. And we're honored to have you in our life. And we'll keep putting out the good work. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you very soon.
This is Ben bringing you Dr. Busby for more information on proprioceptive and keeping your dog moving better. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. -bye.